I'm suitably cross punk, you know, for this interview. So, <laughs> <laughs> as you should be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god have you been doing many interviews today uh mate you know what i did my fridays are i don't let them set me up interviews on a friday because that's like my private day to do my own stuff you know i actually just made an exception for this one you know so good i like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh how's it going you guys been writing that new album writing it's all recorded and everything yeah, mate, right? it's going to be released now right yeah september yeah you know the usual record company bureaucracy of waiting for three months for it to come out that's all right you know it's there's plenty of stuff that needed to be done you know um yeah you, you know the score i mean we're like napalm's very self-contained so there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that bands take for granted that probably get done by other people that we do ourselves, you know. So, I mean, you, you, you know the score with that stuff, you know. So Yeah, 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 I do. But, yeah, I mean, it's got to be done, you know. You need to promote that stuff, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was listening to your new song. What is it called? Uh, Backlash Just Because? Yeah. That sounds very, very like how I expect Napalm, so that's yeah, good. Well, course, Love yeah. it. Sounds like a load of bins being thrown down the stairs with someone vomiting <laughs> them at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the... That's the desired effect, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, you know, it is, it is. Yeah. So how nervous were you last week? Oh, fucking nervous. Yeah, I mean, to, in all fairness, I mean, like Villa don't have a good record in terms of digging themselves out of situations. It's pitiful, actually. Our comeback skills are not very good, you know what I mean? So, so that we did it was just, I think in itself, was a really good achievement for us, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. 80% of our season was fucking pretty terrible, you know what I mean? But Otherwise, know, you're not down there, obviously, yeah. Yeah, I mean, mate, I'm, I'm all, you know, here's the thing. I'm always optimistic. I always yeah. am. You know, I always think there's a chance. But in all honesty, before the lockdown thing and then when it restarted, I, I, just, I just wasn't confident, man, at all, you know what I mean, based upon our form beforehand, you know. And so... And we did it, you know, we did it in the end. So I'm pretty pleased about it. But, you know. You probably lose Jack Grealish, though, right? Well, that, well, not necessarily, you know. No? I mean, well, I mean, we're still in the Premier League, you know. So I'm sure the club will offer him a big old contract. Now, he's, he's already got three years yeah. left on his contract. So, mm. you know, and, and I th- I mean, let's, we, we, you know, we've been long enough into football between us you know you know that player loyalty on the whole doesn't doesn't mean for anything but no none of this romantic stupidity you know but no really so but i think i just get a feeling that with him it is a case where if obviously with a contract um a renewal extension even though he's not even a third of the way through his present contract with a contract renewal and with the club showing to him that they intend to, you know, at least attempt to rejig the side so it is a lot better in a lot of areas, you know, I think that might might convince him to stay, you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe, I hope so. Yeah. What I was thinking is maybe bigger clubs think he's too much of a, 
of a liability with him doing all kinds of crazy stuff outside of football, right? He, he I know he likes it. I, I know, he likes to drink a lot, right? I know. No, he doesn't do that much. I mean, obviously, the things that happened are hyped up. You know what I mean? So, he did a couple of things that were, you know, you know, a bit silly. But who doesn't? You know what I mean? And I think that um, I never ever do. I, I don't. I don't. I, I don't think he's a liability. You know, I think he's. Uh, I think um, if you take the positives, he's proven himself to be a very, very good club captain, you know, yeah. and a very, very, and a, uh, needless to say, a very, very good player. What what I think's fucking insane is that um, there's talk of him going to other clubs, um, such as Man United, Arsenal, that, that, that there's a few been uh, spoken about, but, and then, and then like pundits on the TV will say, oh yeah, well, it, if he goes to the one in clubs, yeah, it's an improvement for his football, but he might not get in the team given what's on the bench. And I look at the benches and I'm like, are you fucking serious? Yeah. You know, over Jack Grealish, you know, that like you're trying to tell me that these. Especially guys... Arsenal on menu, that's a joke. Yeah, I mean, that's stupid, you know. I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, sure, the mark of a team is about, even if you've got a star player, is about the players that are around them, not necessarily the one guy. But I think Jack Grealish is so exceptional that. Um, he can win games on his own. You know what I mean? I mean, you've seen... Yeah, he already did it, Caesar. Yeah, I mean, you've seen him. You know, he's the most fouled player, you know, in the, mm. in the Premier League, which which tells you that people can't handle him. You know, he, when it, once he drops his shoulder and puts his head down and runs with the ball, you know, but that's why he gets fouled all the time. He's too, he's too like, uh, versatile, you know, in terms of the way he moves with the ball. People just yeah. can't handle it, you know, so... For the people who don't understand what we're talking about, Barney's a, a lifetime Aston Villa fan. For people that don't know much about football, that's yeah. a team in England from Birmingham. Birmingham split up between two teams, Birmingham City and Aston Villa. And you're well, uh, you're on the Villa side of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was. I mean, let, let, let's rewind a little bit. Most most people probably don't give a fuck anyway about this this part of the conversation. <laughs> you know, let, let, let's put the cards on the table. You know, yeah. but, uh, I think that's. Um, but still, fuck them. You know, yeah, they're gonna have yeah, to was, shit, yeah you know? of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, apologies, listeners. No, no disrespect intended. You know what I mean? But um, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I, I was. I'm from the north side of town, which was Aston, Perry Bar, Aston being, you know, Black Sabbath town. I'm sure people probably know that little piece of information, you know. But um, so Aston, Perry Bar, Great Bar. My family's from Aston, you know, like hmm. a couple of miles from the ground. Um, so I'm, I'm like a local, locally from the area, you know. So, um, so yeah, but um, th there's more teams than that. I think it would be disrespectful not to mention other teams. I mean, there's... Um, like in the greater West Midlands areas, like West Bromwich Albion, there's Warsaw, which is actually not too far from me. There's um, Wolverhampton Wanderers. And then you go a little bit further out, you've got Coventry. Uh, you've got the smaller, very smaller teams in the lower leagues, like Solihull Moors. You know, you've got, um, oh God, who else? Um, there's, there's, what, what's, what, what's Brum and Wanderers? It's more like black country, isn't it? That's black country, yeah. But it's the greater West Midlands, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. County, you know. But the funny thing is, is the way the the way the county's shaped. So, um, Wolverhampton is like 15 miles north, but West Brum, from where I was born in Great Bar, is only is only like 
three miles, something like that. So it's weird because I live mm. more or less where Great Bar is. I live on the border of the Black Country almost. It kind of goes around a little bit, you know what I mean, around to like that. And Great Bar's sort of there. And then the Black Country officially sort of goes around like that, you know what I mean? So, and that's, that's what? That's near, that's near uh, West Brom? Uh, or did you say Wolves? Uh, West Brom. West Brom's very near. Uh, Wolves so you is could, further you, so you could have been a West Brom fan too. Oh, I could have been, yeah. But I'm still within the Birmingham area, you know. So, yeah, yeah. And, and like my, my my dad, my granddad was all, all Villa fans, you know what I mean? So there's just probably not not a good chance. But the funny thing is, just to piss my granddad off, my uncle was a Birmingham City fan, you know. <laughs> oh so my god! Just, at first, he just did it just to tell tell my granddad to fuck off, you know what I mean? But yeah. but like. Like he really was, you know. He he he. Once he adopted Birmingham City, that was his team, you know. So we played a friendly against Birmingham three years ago, I think. Yeah, I don't even know what the end result was anymore. I think one yeah. one or something. Yeah, but uh, it was a funny day. Let's put it that way. Well, it was a preseason, whatever. I was watching a couple of videos of you guys the other day, and uh, I don't know what it is. Is it uh, is the video to breathe to breathe? Right. Were you playing with the Villa shorts on on stage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to do stuff like that. And then, then then, I was like, well, this is perhaps a bit silly, you know what I mean? I'm not going to do... I'm not gonna, not gonna do this anymore, you know. It just got a bit... The, the joke wore a bit thin, I think, you know what I mean? So... Nothing wrong to be proud of your team. That's all right. Well, I'm, I am, but, you know, also, there's a serious point to make about this. I mean, a lot of the stupid macho stuff that goes around football you know and the the, the who's more tough than who. i don't give a shit about that stuff. yeah yeah yeah. No, i don't yeah. know i don't give uh, no. you know what i mean no but that has nothing to do with the shorts does it well no but you know it, i say yeah. put those shorts back on when you play live yeah <laughs> so so i mean um i forget what my point was going to be now but you know that like the like birmingham city to me is a friendly kind of rivalry and i know a lot of villa fans would probably be like what is he talking about you know but it's like yeah. for me i don't give a shit man about that getting getting in people's faces about that stuff because it's fucking miserable you know what i mean yeah. it's, I, i've been at derbies you know when it's properly kicked off you know what i mean right in the middle of it and there's a there's a, actually while i think about it, there's a little funny story to go with that so so it was it, it was years and years and years ago I think it might have been after a cup game when Mark Bosnich was playing in goal for us when he saved the penalty at mm -hmm. uh, St Andrews, you know. I mean, it was, the atmosphere was fucking brutal, you know what I mean? And so after the game, imagine. yeah, well, I mean, we beat him in the end. After the game, I came outside, or I think it might have been a draw at St Andrews, and we, I think, I can't remember whether it was a two legged thing, but so anyway, so I came outside after the game, and back in like, the early 90s, I mean, you know what football stadiums were like then, you know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> it's like fucking, you know, the old chicken wire going over the top of the stand. And yep. as I as I came out and walked out, of, they were funneling the Villa fans out of, and trying to keep the two sets of supporters apart. As I came out, somebody, I think it was from the Birmingham City fans, someone had thrown a fucking meat pie and it fucking it hit me in the face, you know what I mean? And, uh, <laughs> oh my god! And I, I sort of went, "What the fuck?" And I went like that, and it was obvious it was meat gravy on my hand. Yeah. And of course, you know, I was like, oh, "Fucking meat," you know what I mean? <laughs> too too bothered about that rather than the boiling hot fucking temperature. <laughs> that, um, 
face like, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, I had, a, I had, a, I had like a purple streak down the side of my face, you know, for like. Oh, burned? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But you were more worried about the meat, huh? Yeah, I was more worried about the meat. Yeah, <laughs> it's only afterwards I felt the burn. Yeah, you, know I mean? so, uh, <laughs> you got a famous other supporter at Villa, right? Yeah, uh, there's a few. Uh, Prince Jesus William. Got... Oh yeah, God, yeah. When did the monarchy ever get into my club? You know what I mean? I don't know. I heard him talk on the Peter Crouch podcast. You know that podcast by any chance? Yeah, pretty funny. And uh, yeah. they got they got him somehow. They got him on the podcast. And yeah, I think because he's the head of the FA or something. You know? He is. Or, yeah, yeah, he shit, is. yeah. I mean, and, uh, work, you know what I mean? So what? Work, that somebody in the monarchy gets to be head of the football association. Yeah, that's you know? crazy. Hey. Yeah, I had to say for someone who's in a monarchy, he sounded pretty laddish on the on the, on the podcast. You know I, 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 I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure he's a nice kid, but you know, in all seriousness, that's not really the point. You know what I mean? No, I mean, no, I'm it just, ain't. Of course, I, I'm just not a monarchist. Never, <laughs> ever. You know what I mean? Inherited. No, same here. Stuff, you know. So. No, yeah. fuck all that shit. Yeah, yeah. Just funny because I was listening to that podcast the other day and knew we were going to do this, and I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> That figures, and, like, David, and and like all my all my all my all my favourite people, of course. I mean, David Cameron as well. You know, the former Conservative Prime Minister. He's know. a Villa fan. Yeah, apparently so. Although there was an amusing moment when um, he was asked about that on, in a press conference somewhere, and he he turned round and forgot himself and went, "Oh yeah, you know, like West Ham colours or something like that, you know, because it's the same colours, you <laughs> yeah, know." Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. just like, "Oh my god, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was really stupid, unbelievable." I remember I had a, a kit when I was a, when I was a, when I was young, like a football kit, and um, I think when I was must have been when I was eleven because you guys won the the, the Euro Cup in in eighty uh, two, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. see, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you had the Lecoq Sportif, the old the European Cup shirt. Yeah, I, I wanted those kid size, obviously. I was 11. Hey, you've still got it. That fucking people on in the UK on eBay would fucking absolutely go insane if you put uh, that on eBay ever, you know. I, I would have to check. I remember I was at my parents the other day and we were talking about, I don't know how we got to the point and English football came up and my dad was watching it on TV, I think. And it yeah. had and it had Villa on or something or something that said Villa. My mom said, Yeah, I got you a, I got you a kid of that team, remember? And I was like, How does she remember that? Yeah. That's insane. But you know, like I don't know. I I guess I must have uh, I must have thought that was pretty cool back then. Hey, so <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what a night that was. I mean, don't forget, I mean, just not to fucking bang on about it too much, but I mean, you know, we beat like fucking Bayern Munich, who like Karl Heinz Rummenigge, like world, world players. Yeah, I know. You know what that I mean? was good. And you know, the funny thing is, man, Karl Heinz Rummenigge wrote a bi um, like a biography like years later and yeah. he's still bitter about that European Cup final. Is he? He says in his book, oh, yeah, we lost to more or less a team of fucking window cleaners and, uh, or something like something. I'm just paraphrasing, you know, but something <laughs> yeah. like that, which just, I just found that really amusing, you know. I mean, he's a fucking fantastic player, Carl Heinz Rummenigge, you know. But, you know, get over it, lad. Don't be so bitter, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's like he never won a cup. They won a Euro Cup three years in a row in the 70s. What is he whining about? Yeah, yeah. Again, and though, you know, fucking fantastic player he was, man, Rummenigge. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. He was, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, you guys stayed up. So, hopefully better year next year. Yeah, season I hope around. so. Right? It would be nice, you know. 
Yeah, I don't think teams like Villa should be in lower divisions. That's too big of a team. Yeah, but mate, let me stop you there, though. See, that's not the way I think about things because it's it's this fucking simple. If you don't play well enough, you don't get the points. And you that's true, obviously. Yeah. You know, I, I've never been one to go, oh, yeah, well, Villa, we're, this, we're one of the founders of the league and therefore, why is it that we're in the bottom? You know what? If you fucking, if you make yeah. bad choices in terms of your player recruitment, how yeah. you pick the team, how the team performs, the points that you don't get, tough shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, when we of went down, When we went down two or three years ago, mate, I was just, people were like, oh, you know, it's this. And I was like, it's our own fault. Nobody <laughs> else's, you know yeah. what I mean? So. Yeah, not true. To uh, switch topics, Barney. Birmingham. I don't know how many people are acquainted with Birmingham and hard music. Well, they probably know Napalm. They know yeah. Black Sabbath. But there's so many bands from Birmingham. Duran Duran, UB40, I don't know, Doom. Yeah, uh, what else is that? GBH, Steel Editors. Pulse. Yeah, GBH, yeah. Steel Yeah, Pulse. Steel Pulse, The yeah, Street, Ratchet. Godflash. Yeah, Wretched. Yeah, Ze Zeppelin, yeah. Priest. Well, Zeppelin was Robert Plant's on Wolverhampton, but that's oh, you know yeah. it's not quite Birmingham, but yeah, Judas Priest is kind of the black country a little bit, but yeah. but yeah, you know same thing. So yeah, crazy, uh, what what is I'll, it? What's what, what's what's in the water in Birmingham? You think, uh, mate? You know this is another thing. So I don't know if you're aware of it, but there was like a cultural exhibition a few years ago in Birmingham. Mm. called the home of metal you know it, I saw it, was, that. Mm. it was actually quite interesting cultural thing it got a little bit pretentious at times i'm not being disrespectful but it did you know because and the reason i say that is because they started to create this vision oh it's something in the water and all. i was like no it's not it could have been anywhere you know what i mean it could have been sheffield i mean sheffield had its own scene you know mm. it could have been manchester it could have been any of these industrial towns you know it just happened to be birmingham you know that's just just the way it went you know yeah i just wonder if there's a reason for it was it like was it like especially what are certain venues that bands could just play and start out playing where other cities or smaller towns were maybe lacking those venues that's yeah, mostly have, how scenes start, right? A venue yeah. and a promoter who's willing to take a risk. Yeah, well, we did have, we did have like, um, through the ages, we had like Barbarella's, which was where the Sex Pistols played. That was like a mm. punk stroke, any music venue. Um, we had, we had, uh, was it the Eagle, I think, where Crass, no, I don't know if Crass played, but um, um, I think maybe, um, oh, Jimmy Percy, what's what's Sham sixty nine, you yeah. know, and all them. And then we had the Mermaid, which was like Napalm, Heresy, um, mm -hmm. Concrete Socks, you know, Chumbawamba, Conflict played there, you know, all the really great bands, Bolt Thrower, you know, Hell Bastard. Um, it's it was a who's who of you know the punk stroke reggae stroke oi polloi. Yeah, you know, I mean the names just go on and on and on, you know. I know the name Mermaid from obviously the scene that you just mentioned. Yeah. But uh, did they also put on bands, like you said, reggae bands or ska bands yeah, or whatever? Yeah. 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 Like All kinds Oipoloi. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Cities and Fish, which was like the reggae version of like Oi Polloi uh, members and stuff. Um, yeah, there was, because it was a very, you know, it was, I should mention the Birmingham Odeon as well. That was, uh, that's obviously quite a classic venue, you know, mm. all the, all the, the bigger banjis are like three, four thousand capacity. It's it's now like Odeon Cinemas, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, I saw Motorhead there. 
oh, fucking hell, who knows how many times there, you know. I saw, I saw, yeah, I saw Slayer there on Raining Blood, you know. I saw uh, Metallica on Master of Puppets at Birmingham Odeon. <clears throat> um, actually, a week before Cliff Burton died, you know. So, um, wow. saw tons of stuff there, you know. But um, so we have had a range of different venues down the years. But um, it's it's funny now. I'll go back to your, the point that you made earlier. But it's funny now because. Now, Birmingham doesn't really have the venue structure anymore, considering it was somewhere that was so famous for these great venues. Mm-hmm. It's kind of gone now, you know what I mean? But um, Do you notice that in new bands, not being able to come up as well as other bands did in the past? Well, there is, on, on the really underground, there is a few venues here and there where bands can still play. But if I was to say it was like it was in the Mermaid days, I'd be lying. You know what mm. I mean? It's nowhere near as vibrant as what it was then, you know. And to go back to the point about the Mermaid, so it was built on that it was built on that kind of anarcho uh, peace punk kind of um, initiative. So within that spectrum obviously there was no there was no rules as far as far as people were concerned you could have reggae bands you could have pop bands mm. you know you could have this you could have that there was there was no problem you know there was it, the whole idea was to cross fertilize like everything you know mm. which which to me um looking back with hindsight is is the perfect thing you know what i mean yeah you know certainly for me nowadays and for some time you know one dimensional or two dimensional like spaces for music is doesn't cut it for me you know it just it just gets boring in the end you know what i mean and it becomes and the thought process the ideas just become very um, narrow channel you know what i mean so i think um i i i i i, I I would definitely, I definitely preserve that spirit, you know, in the back of my back of my mind or whatever, you know. So. Yeah, because you get a couple of small venues or smaller venues in that area where uh, Madball played with you guys when you guys did that. Uh, you remember that anniversary yeah. show you did? But yeah, what is, yeah, what yeah. was that? Two years ago or something? Yeah, yeah, it was at. Um, but that was a bigger venue, wasn't it? Uh, no, it wasn't that big actually. I think it was about. What was four- it six? Uh, yeah, maybe uh, a push. I think yeah, probably five, five six hundred. Yeah, five six hundred something. Yeah, like that. but, but there's uh, a couple of little venues around there too, right? Speckled around in that uh, area. Uh, yes, there is. There's another one called. Um, oh God, um, it's a little further into town. Because I, I remember can't... going there with Melbourne too. Uh, yeah, well, maybe a couple of years before that. Yeah, there's the institute, which is just down the road, but that's that's owned, that's corporate owned, that's owned by uh, the academy group. You know, that must uh, have been another one. Yeah, there's another one. Um, I I forget the fucking name of it off the top of my head. It's fucking terrible for these things sometimes. But um, <laughs> so yeah, you know, the anniversary show of yours was good. Back in the day, I always miss Doom, so it's yeah. a chance to finally see a, a Doom set. Yeah, so, that was good. Those guys were, I mean, Stick, the drummer, I've known Stick since I was 13, 14 years old. Mm. You know what I mean? He was one of the first people I met when I started going into, you know, when you're a young kid and it's like, yeah, I'm going to go uptown and drink and smoke a little bit and all the rest mm-hmm. of it, you know. 
that's how I met Stick, you know. And and in all fairness, you know, he'd probably blush if I said this, but you know, he looked after me like a dad would. You know what I mean? Mm. He, he wasn't that much older than me, you know, but I was new to the whole thing, and he really looked after me. And he's he's I really love Stick, man. You know, he's I really do. You know, he's 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 a, he's a really nice guy, man. You know, awesome. Such a seminal band too. I mean, yeah. that band is like that was one of the started bands for that genre i think or at least one of the biggest ones yeah yeah. yeah 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 we wanted them we really wanted them badly to do that show you know we had to pull out a couple of stops because were they playing at all huh were they playing band or did you have to get them back from the dead no, 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 they're playing they're playing but they don't do much because dennis lives in sweden you know all right dennis the singer so he flew over mm -hmm. from sweden you know to do the gig which is great so yeah. You know, we want to we want to do some more stuff with them. You know, we want to take them out when once gigs like start up again. You know, we want to take them out uh, on tours and stuff. You know, so. that would be a good fit too. Yeah, for sure. You know, we 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 like Napalm. We've always strived to get those mixed up bills. You know, um, with a little, little bit of everything, or hopefully of quality. You know, so when we toured together, you got quality. So that was terrible. That was <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Uh, you remember that tour? I was—I think that was, yeah, it was five, five and a half weeks or something, or five weeks or how long was it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, fucking it was, insane. There was some funny moments on that though, wasn't there? Oh, uh, would you think so? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was a real fun tour. We as bands got along great. Just it born for pain itself. It was a tense atmosphere, you know. Shea was on his way out, and that was not really going well at that point. But it was a great tour to do. Well, you so, know, mate, here's the thing. You know, I can only say that that um, whoever comes on tour with us band-wise, when there is an extended tour, there's not that many of them these days, but, yeah. you know, we, we always try and take care of them, man, because it's, you know, I've known of some situation where bands go out on the road and there's a headline band and they get treated like fucking dirt, you know. I mean, just, just don't do that to people, you know what I mean? There's no need for that shit, you know what I mean? So. No, no, it ain't. Yeah, and that's weird. I want to say sometimes you see bands that do that, but I have to go back on my words because th those are not bands that come from a background that we all come from. It's mostly bands that pretend to come from a certain background and then you find out as long you go on tour that, that they're really made of different stuff and it figures why they treat you in a weird way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's, well, above and beyond even that, you know, be a fucking human being. You know, these yeah, are people. Of course. Just people, you know, let, yeah. don't be, don't be, don't be a prick just because you can. The fucking, why, That's, why do that? That's insane, you know. True. I was on that tour, tour managing for Madball when they did that Limp Biscuit corn thing in England. Yeah. I have to say, those guys were actually pretty nice. Yeah. Oh, like there was no one with a weird attitude on that tour. Mm. None of those big bands. And I would have thought maybe someone like Fred Durst, I was like, oh my God, what, might be a weird situation, you know, with these guys or no one would ever give you the light of day. Not that that's necessary. I'm not going on a tour like that to necessarily communicate with those people. But I have to say, it's actually a nice surprise to see someone that was pretty much down to earth like him. Nothing weird. That, that's, yeah. that's good to know, you know. I mean, I, I would also say a similar thing in that um, 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 Slayer invited us onto that their last tour thing just for one leg in the States. Yeah, I saw that. How was that? Mate, I have to say... It was a big old fucking tour, and it was venues that 
we're just not used to. It was amphitheatres in the States. I mean, mm-hmm. when when's no crime ever going to play them, you know? But I've got to say that for the opening band on the bill, you know, half an hour at four o'clock in the afternoon, like yeah. the whole crew treated us like people, just like anybody else, you mm-hmm. know, just like they would. And they were really fucking nice to us. They didn't need to be. They, they didn't, you know, mm-hmm. ultimately. But they were really fucking nice to us, and they they really helped us out. Obviously, we had to we had to have our shit together and be on stage on time, and you know, it's it's very on the, on our tours. If a band's on ten minutes over, we're just like, oh, I fucking don't know, whatever, you know what I mean. But mm-hmm. on them tours, if you're ten minutes over, <laughs> your, your your ears are going to get chewed off, you know what I mean. Yeah. But it's so it's so, like playing a festival every day. Yeah, yeah, but they like <laughs> they were like really fucking nice to us you know and they didn't they didn't pull any fucking stupid shit on us nothing like that so oh, that's awesome I can only say good things you know but you well, know, who else was on that leg of the tour uh lamb of god um yeah. lamb of god anthrax testament yeah so the big old trash bill yeah i mean the tour wouldn't be something we, we would ordinarily be on you know but mm-hmm. um but it was it was a really nice atmosphere you know what i mean it was uh I could, I couldn't. If I'd be lying if I said otherwise, you know. So, no, but that's good to hear. I was stoked to see you guys getting invited on that because, like I said, I, I like all of you as people a lot. You guys tore your asses off, and you guys are a are an iconic band in itself. You know, sometimes with bigger bands, especially American bands, they might not see it that way with with Euro bands, even if it's on that level. And I thought yeah. it was really cool that you guys were on that tour. That someone stopped and thought, okay, maybe you know, band like Napalm take them. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, we were surprised as anybody. You know, we were like, really? You know, and they were like, yeah, yeah. But, did the offer come from them, or did someone have to start digging for an offer? I mean, I can only say I can only say what I heard. So as far as I'm aware, so you know, Tom Araya's brother works for the Road Crew. He does like yeah the guitars. Mm-hmm. As I understand it. Right, this is just what I was told. He suggested us to the Slayer guys, you know what I mean? Mm. And uh, I guess it went to their management and they said, yeah, well, yeah, whatever, you know. So that that's what I heard. That's only what I heard by, by you know, through the grapevine sort of yeah. thing. So. And they could have said uh, no. Yeah, they could have said no. Um, I would have said no if it was me. Fuck those noisy bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, it's, but, but, but it's cool also to mix it up. And I mean, let's be honest. You're an iconic band in itself, like I said. It's not like you're taking someone into who's got one CD out and no one knows the name. You know? Hey, man, we just do what we do at the end of the day. You know what I mean? That's well, it. Yeah, but, of course. But, but the funny thing know. is, the funny thing is, uh, sorry to interrupt, but the funny thing, just while I remember it, so <laughs> yeah. the kids that would come into the gig at the start, you, you could, I mean, I, I hate to stereotype people, but they look like kids that would go and buy a CD maybe from a shopping mall, you know what I mean? A large yeah, okay, percentage yeah. of them. So, we, so I just went, in my head, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, it's, this is going to be even more extreme than usual, you know what I mean? So I just started <laughs> doing the most mental vocals, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> my eyes are fucking bulging and stuff like that, you know, because I just wanted to make as much fucking noise as humanly possible, you know what I mean? How, how, did, you, how did you guys go over uh pretty you know a lot of kids just stood there and you could you could read in their faces they were like what the fuck is this you know I mean? yeah. <laughs> and then there were other kids that were like kind of you know nodding their heads a little bit and then the the there were other kids that were just like um just standing around looking a bit bored you know but uh um the obviously um to be serious i mean 
I didn't treat it. You shouldn't treat it different to if, if you were doing a small club in, say, mm. Netherlands or Germany, where mm. you're effectively more or less preaching to the converted. You know, I yeah. treated it exactly the same. And so, you know, we Napalm always talks about the ideas and stuff, you know. And I, I did all that stuff. Why would you not? You know what I mean? Because that's the that's actually the place to do it, where you're not necessarily just saying stuff to the people who would who would hear it from you every year when they come and see you. You know, so yeah, exactly. You know, I was talking about some ideas that in some states in America are like pretty like whoa. You know what I mean? But you got to make the point, man. You know, you got to put the ideas on the table. You know that that's goes hand in hand with the music you know so yeah absolutely right you can say things to people in a scene where people already know people are already convinced of what you say anyways and that's what probably mostly happens when you do a headline tour so that would be the place indeed yeah 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 yeah. but earlier you were talking about um the mermaid and bands like heresy ripcord and all that stuff yeah well i see you around with a lot of lot of shirts of those bands from from that generation or siege or infest and stuff like that I think a lot of people, or maybe not a lot of people, but I think some people see Napalm Death partly as, or maybe completely as a metal band, maybe. It's not as out of something completely different, something very extreme, where I don't think people didn't know how to put a a name to it. If they wanted to put a name to it, it wasn't trash metal, wasn't death metal, wasn't hard rock, wasn't whatever. It was just very extreme. So I think at a certain point, especially the albums that came a little later, like I was with, like, with Suffer the Children and, all and stuff like that, I think people yeah. started putting you more in the metal corner. And a lot of people said like that thought in the back of your heads, but you guys actually influenced by, especially you, by a lot of hardcore stuff too, right? Absolutely, mate. I yeah. mean, this this is the thing, you know. I mean, you shouldn't, it's not something that should keep you awake at night, but you know, Napalm Death gets specifically tagged as a death metal band. That's not yeah. the case. You know what I mean? That's just not the case. Yeah. You know, uh, I think so it's it, purely based upon a certain number of albums in the nineties, don't you think? Well, even if there was, a, I would argue, there's only really one album that you could say was that way inclined, and even I would question that. It was Harmony Corruption, you know, because yeah. two things: because we went to Murray Sound, which Really, we weren't 100% sold on. It was Earache that wanted us to go there. Mm-hmm. But secondly, we got the sound that we did, which was kind of the Murray sound sound. We didn't even want that sound when we went in there. It's just <laughs> we, were, we weren't experienced. And, like, I'm not blaming it on Scott Burns, but Scott just kind of went for the sound that he understands, you know what I mean? And that's what happened, you know. Um, so another point to make about it is Napalm started out as, like, a, like a punk band, but with alternative so it came from like the napalm was on one of the early crass compilations you know the bullshit detector compilations oh yeah that's where, that. yeah that's where it came from you know <laughs> was that stuff and so um so moving things forward i mean i un, i do understand that people need easy categorizations to put things in mm-hmm. boxes but to, to call napalm even a metal band is such a narrow sliver of what napalm is you know what i mean I mean, 100%, I'd be lying if I sat here and said that there wasn't metal in Napalm. Of course there is, you know. But there's also, equally, hardcore punk, noise rock, um, ambient, like, uh, noise rock, pop, whatever you want to call it, and industrial music. It's all there, and it's all clear, and it's all, I believe, nicely amalgamated, you know what I mean? So, So, 
I mean, it, it, again, you know, it's not something I lose sleep over, but one thing that I would say is Napalm has always attempted to avoid, like, stereotypes and cliches, you know, and obviously metal has a lot of that stuff going on sometimes, as much as any other genre does. Mm-hmm. And I think a certain amount of it for me, if I was to be really honest, would be about that. I, I just don't. I don't want any part of being stereotypes or a cliche or anything, you know. I mean, it's it's, it's weird sometimes. I mean, I get get asked in interviews, "Oh, you're, you're a metalhead." I'm like, "No, not really." Maybe no. that was the dyed blonde long hair in a Dream Theater shirt. What do you think? Yeah, but that was that was like <laughs> one, that was like one thing. You know what I mean? It's, I know. <laughs> you know, so it's like I, I just I just sometimes I'm like a bit. Well, no, because I mean, actually. Aside from that, um, and they say, "Well, what are you then?" It's like they almost look at you, look at you, or, or then follow up with a question like, "Well, what are you?" Well, I'm just me, you know. Well, yeah, you don't you need to be anything, yeah. or are you a punk? No, no, I'm just me, you know what I mean. And they're like really puzzled by that. So not not everybody, but some people, you know. I mean, there's still comments um, from time to time on, on certain things that are like. Oh, you know, when he cut his hair off, that's when he lost his power for me. It's just, I'm like, uh, uh, sorry, what? You know what I mean? You know? Well, I can assure you because yesterday I had a little uh, run through to a bunch of songs in your catalog. Yeah. And I can assure you, it's the other way around. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know. I think your voice sounds more brutal now than it ever did. So, I yeah, mean, because it's kind of a weird thing to say. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. But, you know, yeah. I, the thing is, Rob, I mean, I, I, I'm confident. I don't, I don't wish to sound arrogant. Of course I don't, you know, but I'm confident in my own versatility as a singer in terms of taking extremes. You know, there's only one real rule, and I say that in inverted commas, rule for me as a singer within Napalm Death, and that's whatever I do, it has to be extreme. You know what I mean? It cannot be polished off or a lesser version thereof. It has to be extreme. So I think sometimes um, some people only see extreme as one or two sounds. So they only see extreme as distorted guitars with um, drums going at a million miles an hour. Or it could be like the hardcore version of extreme, you know, more trebly guitars and chaotic drums, both Mm -hmm. fantastic but there is a lot more to that on the spectrum. You know what I mean? And I'm, oh, and I'm going to use it, you know, after 16 fucking albums, you know, you don't want to be fucking plagiarizing or repeating yourself if you can help it. I think, you know, to it, to it, to, to us, to a significant degree, you know, there's nothing wrong with like branching out as long as you, as long as you don't make yourself like a, a pale imitation of what you were previously, when then what what does it matter you know what i mean people either like it or they don't and it's their it's their right to either like it or not completely within their rights you know no that's true and i think you being on stage to me never gets boring you got a a certain way of how you move how you sound how you present yourself between songs i think it's just a very unique way all three things are very unique in its own way and yeah. I just like that, and I just love it. That what makes the show for me. It's yeah. what you say. It's not. It's not a not a copy of something or someone that I can see any day, anywhere, on any stage. You know what I mean? Thank you. Well, I just you know, for me, it's a very simple uh, like comparison with that. Really, I mean, you know, for me, it's just like you flick the switch and go. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like imagine like flicking a big electric switch, and that's mm-hmm. it. You're 
charged you know you just mm-hmm. fucking go you know what i mean so so that's it for me really and some people are, i think the best description of myself on stage is that it's just like i've just somebody said to me once it looks like you've just like one of them kids that goes onto the train tracks you know like really <laughs> foolishly and stands on top of a train and touches the live rail and then the, the whole the whole <laughs> circuit just hurts and then you just the the involuntary body spasms that you get after that is just yeah. like you've been electrocuted by train cables. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I, I could live with that. You know what I mean? But if, no, if I think that's a pretty good description too. Yeah. If anything, but, but I, the, the part I like about it is that you don't look at okay, what am I doing there? Is this static? Is it not a static? You just go. It's like you say, you flick the switch. Yeah. Or something just flicks and you just go. And that's what got me into this music in the first place. Sure, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I, if any, the only thing, the only sort of thing I could say, that, that the inspiration um, for me to go in that direction, if there was one, would be a mer- early American hardcore, you know, because mm-hmm. those vocalists in those, like you watch early SSD videos and stuff mm-hmm. like that, man, those front men were fucking crazy you know on stage yeah. and, and like a similar kind of thing actually you know and and i it struck a chord with me you know i was always mm. like that looks fucking crazy you know it looks really manic you know and um yeah. and I, I i thought if i could pull something off like that you know that's going to be fucking great you know what i mean so so i kind of i guess in my mind you know i always had an idea about that but maybe possibly i just kind of refined it you know, unknowingly, perhaps, you know, just to, it just goes a certain way, you know, so. Well, it doesn't look refined, but it looks great. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> the wrong word, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Pagbeard? I mean, I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know he's married, right? Yeah, I heard, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Married and his second kid's coming. Should be born any minute now, actually. Shit. I wonder, does he put fireworks in his kids' trousers and stuff? You know, yeah, he, he, he must. <laughs> You're, how good was the New Year's you spent in Germany? Oh, in yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, oh, God, what a night that was, man. Yeah, yeah. On the bridge yeah. in Essen. You came over to, to uh, Saturday. You drove over, exactly. You drove, you yeah. didn't fly. You drove all the way from Birmingham and yeah, uh, yeah. you stayed a couple of days to uh, celebrate New Year's with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What fun that was, yeah. It was good. Throwing fireworks on the bridge in Essen. Oh, my God. How crazy was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it Salmon's got... trousers, man, it always sticks with me. You know what I mean? It's the, the holes, the, the burn but, holes in Salmon's trousers. But, but you burned up his trainers. Uh, well, that's pack bear, actually, not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty wild scenes. It was like a war yeah. zone up there. And then people started throwing fireworks at each other. Yeah, like, yeah. Kids don't do that at home, but um, no, no. it got pretty wild. Yeah, but there's that gig in Nishki as well. Do you remember that? You actually came with us on yeah. our one of our Christmas tour trips. Well, we, we always do with Bon for Pay. We do a five to six day, really short tour between Christmas and New Year's. And you came over just the day that we started it, and you came along with us. Yeah. <laughs> what was in the uh, Nishki was when they uh, Nishki, when, yeah, the, the... when they beat down the Nazi, right, or the Nazis. Yeah. But there was a there was a quite a few boneheads outside, as far as I can remember, trying to cause trouble, and some something happened. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, very. Let me, let me tell you about that Niski. They've invited us back every year after that show, yeah. specifically for that reason, because I said something from stage, and yeah. 
they explained it to me. They said people got so much courage because of that, that they actually were willing to stand up. And I guess the, the Nazis got a beating outside. And as of then, they don't have a Nazi problem anymore yeah, at yeah, that yeah. venue. So we go back there every year. In fact, we've been back for a lot of Christmases after that. So, wow. And it's always great. People always yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, mean, so. I mean, just just to make a serious point about that, I mean, it's fucking depressing, you know, that it should mm -hmm. even come to that, you know, like people getting beaten, you know, like, you know, back in the day, we had a lot of problems, especially in the mm -hmm. US, like earlier on, we really did. You know, we were we were like fighting ourselves out of venues every second mm -hmm. gig on one tour. It was pretty depressing, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, and I, you, you, at one time, I'm, I'm I'm kind of ashamed to admit it, but you kind of used to get a kick out of you know like getting into it with people. But I just now, and for some years, I just find it really depressing. You know, I, I, just, I, just, I don't want to fight with people, man. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, even given somebody's reprehensible, really inhumane views, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to fight with people. It's a terrible thing. You know what I mean? It's like not. You know, you kind of think to yourself, when are we going to stop fighting with each other, man? You know what I mean? It's just getting really old now, you know what I mean? And it's just, it just, you know, you don't want to see people getting fucking beaten, you know? Ideally, you don't know that's true. Yeah. We sometimes get people like that on shows that think just because the music is aggressive and, and hard, you know, that they got a certain thing in common, maybe with the yeah. band. And a lot of people, after... I said th things on stage that come up to me after the show and always come and say, hey, why you got something against me and this and this and that. So I have nothing against you personally, but I don't agree with your political opinions. Yeah, and, yeah. And usually try to start a discussion with the people. Not as in I'm super righteous kind of discussion, but a discussion where I try to let them see. I always go like, why would you thrive on hate? What's so great about that? Yeah. If you if you go on in the discussion and to talk with, with, with people like that, you start noticing that they're actually... <laughs> And weird as it sounds, are actually into right-wing ideas for the wrong reasons. There's so many of those, well, so many, I don't know, it's, it's like I talk to people like that 50 a week, but um, there's been a number of times when I stood there talking to someone, try to make them see that, or maybe try to put a little bit of thought in there that they go home and think, oh, maybe I'm not doing the right thing, you know? Um, yeah. So many times that they said, well, they just ended up with the wrong group of friends. And then they get isolated as being a right-wing person because obviously the rest of the world has problems really hanging out with you because you got such hateful ideas. Yeah. And then they're in a, in a sort of a social isolation because I've had a couple of guys that said, I would like to do something else, but I know I would get rejected everywhere because I'm a Nazi now and people will keep on seeing me like that. And yeah. I think people like that that are willing to give up weird hateful ways you know yeah everybody deserves a second chance well, you know? mate 100 percent. you know if that, that's surely that's the whole point you know i mean we like napalm is abandoned i know born from pain too you know we mm -hmm. we we always we're trying to we're striving for change in our own small ways you know when i'm not naive enough to think we're gonna wave a magic wand and the world's gonna be all right again mm -hmm. you know but we are we are we recognize that we at least are a small cog in the in the machinery oh, that's probably a bad way to put it you know but we are a small wave in the sea of people that are trying to give dignity to all human beings you know yeah. I mean? because everybody deserves that so mm -hmm. so therefore if somebody can shift their perspective you know because of that then you, sh you shouldn't be cutting them loose 
that, that's the yeah. last thing you want to do, you know what I mean? Because if the trouble yeah. is, if you keep having fistfights with people like that, then they what they understand from then on is, well, I'm not going to go there again because there's a chance I'm going to get beaten up. So I'll just go to an easier target and I'll go and I'll go and like set fire to a Turkish like a, a, a refugee hostel. Uh, I mean, and that's that's really what you don't want. You know what I mean? That's because those, you know, uh, people in that situation can't can't defend themselves. You know, as 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 uh, obviously as this, in the same way. So. Yeah, we all learn lessons. I've been wrong in the past, you know. Like I say, I I, I wanted to get into it with people like that, you know. And you do, you still now you get situations where you just get angry right off the spot, you know, because that's human nature. But but I, I don't want to do that, man. You know, it's it's mm. like it's not it's not the whole the whole point is not to make yourself look triumphant. It's for the end game, which is that. All people can walk down the street anywhere in the world and be treated with dignity and not have to worry about getting the shit kicked out of them, you know, or on a wider scale, you know, um, that we don't refuse people food and shelter when they fucking need it. You know what I mean? So, Yeah, of course. In a situation like that, if someone like that comes up to you, you get two choices. You got a number of choices, but you could do the one extreme and say, all right, I'm going to punch this guy in the face right now because seemingly he's someone right wing and I'm going to go that way. Or you have a talk and you hope that next time you come back around in that town, that that same person comes up to you and hopefully says, hey, you know, I left all that stuff behind and I started thinking. And if that's a little change that you could possibly make in someone's journey in life, you know, yeah, that, yeah, that'd yeah. be great. It's what you said. If you take the road and say, I'm going to punch this guy in the face, like you said, might go to an easier target, but also sees himself confirmed in I see, I have no place with these people. They don't want me anyways. And even though I might have liked a second chance, I'm not getting it anyways. So let's sink deeper into this. So yeah. that's not really what I hope anyone does. No, of course. Because what you what you end up with, if if like the end the the sort of to get to take it to the nth degree, what you end up is you you end up with ghettos almost. You end up with left wing ghettos where like right wing people can't go. When I say ghettos, I mean like you know maybe a venue or a or a or a youth centre or something like that. Yeah, and then you end is. up with right wing ghettos where you know whatever it might be. So you just end up with these ghettos, and like you know, at some point, one one group of people from one of them are going to go to the other one and try and fuck with it, you know, and mm -hmm. vice versa. So that's not addressing the 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 things that we ne that need to be addressed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, there's obviously also a level you got hardcore right-wing neo-nazis active people that are uncompromisable or yeah they, they're so set in their ways they're unsavable obviously that's a whole different level but they wouldn't come to a napalm dead or a ball from pain show no but, or obviously just to fuck with it which hardly ever happens but yeah um, at least in, at least in our case but yeah. even someone who thinks that they get something out of that and they come up to you to talk obviously i think that's because you've already stated from a stage what your opinion is and how you think so they come up to you because uh, they're looking for a certain contact and there's never anyone who comes up to me and says i'm going to punch you in the face of what you just said that might have happened twice or three times in all the 23 years that i'm doing the band and yeah that for the amount of gigs we played that's that's very little but yeah sure, just yeah. the point being there's a lot of people that actually that are not quite happy with their ways themselves, but it's hard to get out of maybe, you know? Yeah. And I think also, you know, the important thing to say about this is in, in a, in a, I guess in a social context, 
you know, those people deserve help too. You know, you can't everybody, you know, you can't, you can't cut some people loose, you know, uh, everybody's got to be helped. I mean, just, just as one case in point. So like the former East Germany, you know, that as you and I well know, there was a, there was a lot of problems with like neo-Nazi activity there, Mm -hmm. not too long after the reunification of Germany, you know, and um, I'm not saying it justifies it, but because of the because of the social imbalance, you know, when the when the when the when the reunification happened, the East got deprived of a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There, there was no there was no kind of there wasn't an instant equalization of anything at all. You know, and even even now, you know, there are parts of the East that don't have the same the same opportunities. I don't, I don't mean like financial opportunities. I mean like general life opportunities, you know what I mean? You know? And so that, that has to be dealt with, you know, you can't, you can't sort of cut people loose and expect them to be completely rational about it and, and like not find a scapegoat. Cause that, that's what happens sometimes. You know what I mean? We, we can, as, as uncomfortable it might sound, that is what happens. You know what I mean? So, People have to be fucking helped. You know, you can't ignore them, you know. Oh, you're right. You're right. Like I said, there's a level in right-wingness and neo-Nazism. But like I said, the people that want to be helped and are open for it and that are that yeah. come up to talk and are open for discussion, which I yeah. think is a very big part, actually. Yeah. A lot of people I, I, get sucked I, into shit. I've got to that... plug my computer in. I'm just losing power. Just one second. <laughs> Well, go ahead then. Did you just fart? Yeah, did you know that? <laughs> no, one second, mate. Oh, God. This fucking thing. No, then. I'll just talk off camera while because my train of thought's still running. So, I mean, the one the one thing to me um, out of this whole thing that I find in it a little bit inexcusable is that, you know, like really the real hardcore neo-Nazis that you're referring to still insist that what Hitler did, uh, Mussolini or Franco or whatever, was a good thing, you know. I mean, the the, the brutal brutalisation and torture and murder of other human beings, you know, um, defenceless human beings, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, I just don't, that's one thing I can't get my head around, you know, when they still cite that those activities as somehow legitimate you know in the pursuit of power you know mm-hmm. i just i just that, that's where i drop off a little bit you know what i mean because it's just to me that's like just not there is no there is no positive uh, angle spin on that you know what i mean mm-hmm. there isn't you know so no there isn't i think that's rather a universal truth i would say right if you think that's a good thing or you somehow defend that then you're i don't know you're a wag job I don't know what you are. Then you must have had a, a very loveless upbringing or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, some yeah, kind of yeah. frustration because but that's weird. Yeah. But going off that topic, going back to because I wanted to ask you a couple of things about that. Um, back in that scene, I don't know. We drifted off the whole ripcord heresy scene thing. You guys played a lot of shows together, right? Or were you not in the band yet when that? Yeah, I was. I, wa- I wasn't really in the band at that point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was like '87, '88 uh, on a time just before I. Just, I mean, I went to all the shows. I wasn't I wasn't in the band then. I was actually I, I was in a band for a little while with Jimmy, the bass player on the on the uh, B side of Scum mm. and um Whale from Bolt Thrower and um a guy Steve that was in that band Cerebral Fix. 
we had a little band going for a while it was just a it was just a, a kind of a novelty band really but it was you know like a lot of things it was just a lot what was it called it was called uh colostomy like the cluster yeah band. yeah i know what it is <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was it was fun you know we just did, did we did like a rehearsal demo and stuff yeah you know? as as back, that was the day rigueur thing back then do a rehearsal demo you know so yeah it was just a fuck around you know so what was your favorite band out of that scene i love heresy and ripcord Her- Her- heresy ripcord and probably napalm death you know because to me like pre-scum and scum well actually from enslavement to me are not just milestones within the genre but i i, I stepping outside the band as, as a, a fan if you like yeah um, that, that those to me are milestones in music not not just in the genre you know i think they are musical milestones you know yeah ripcord always sounded the most american hardcore sounding out of that, those bands i remember Depending on which, depending on when you, which poetic justice. Was, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a hell of an album. And that's, yeah. did did you see that they um, remastered and re-released that uh, Face Up to It album by Harris? Mate, I I bought it as soon as it came out. I didn't Me get too. The, I, I pre-ordered the, it. I didn't get. Oh, you got the fucking T-shirt. Yeah, I got oh, a T-shirt. Oh God. I would, what's your What's your size? L. Ah, it's, I, mine is XL. If, if you fit into it, which you probably will, I give it to you if you want it. Mate, I would. If you get, I'll, I'll love you forever, man. If you give me that no, shirt. you you know what I'll do? I'll give you the shirt that doesn't fit me anymore. I got one of those original shirts with exactly the same design. Oh yeah, yeah, Mate, a red one like, with. Yeah, you can have it because I'm sure I have it in my basement, but I yeah. can't fit it. You probably you might fit it. Yeah, it might yeah, fit totally. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At least if, if you've not been eating as much as on that New Year's party, but yeah, mate, I I, I love you know I I'm I'm um, that's another thing I do um I, every morning I go like endurance cycling so like I dropped I mean I, I I've been skinny for some years now but so I dropped another size you know through since lockdown from doing endurance cycling so I I can kind of fit into an M now but L's better you know M I'm not quite there yet but you know I, I'll dig out that shirt and send it to you yeah that'd be great. I knew there was a reason I wanted to do this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What you got out of it? Because no, I always loved that band. And oh, the songs are so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the song, people must be asking themselves, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah. Yeah. In jokes. In jokes. <laughs> yeah. I remember that Heresy album, even with the super bad production it no, has the production was hideous man hideous know. even then it's got great songs and it was one of my favorite albums from that time and when i saw that they were going to remaster it i was like holy fuck so i jumped i jumped Sounds, on it i was like, like the remaster job is fucking great you know yeah I mean, it's, it's amazing and the thing is man you know I, I, just to mention that the that album is a great example of what catchy It, 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 it demonstrates that songs can be fast as fuck and chaotic as fuck and still be catchy. Oh, know? hell yeah. It's a perfect yeah. example of that, you know. I also remember hearing Napalm Dad's Come the first time. I don't know how old I was. When did that come out? Uh, 87. 87, yeah, I was 16. Yeah. I remember hearing that. I was like, not this too extreme for me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, this is not me. And yeah. I must have been won over by something because when From Enslavement came out, I got it immediately and it had that uh, seven inch with it. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, well, it's, it's, 
it had I think Musclehead was on there and your um I can't remember the track. Something. Was, I, th- I think the whole seven inch has a total playing time of like thirty seconds or something, doesn't it? Uh, no, the seven inches he's got a f- couple of songs. I think it's a bit longer than that. Yeah, I, are you I sure? Yes, yeah, I think so. I might be wrong, but I think so. It's got that famous picture on the on the front from the the girl running from the napalm from the American troops in Vietnam. That's that's yeah, the one, yeah, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah it's, and it's actually Mark Sikora. It's his head on the front. You know, you remember that guy, the artist, German Mark guy. Sikora. Yeah, 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 from the hardcore scene back in the. What you band? Know him if you, I don't think he was in any band. I think he just wasn't like a. The name star. rings a bell. Those old German bands too, though. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Crowd of Isolated. Remember yeah. that band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Challenger Crew. Yeah, but mate, beyond that, you know, all the Scandinavian stuff that was going on, you know, anti-Simex and fucking, you know. I loved that band so much. Hate. They weren't that extreme, but they were great. I bet you loved Protest Banked, right? Oh, protest banks, yeah, yeah. I was just looking at my protest bank shirt this morning, actually. <laughs> were you were you considering wearing it? Yeah, I, I, I have been. Yeah, good. I remember looking at mail orders back in the day. You remember Frontline mail order? Yes. I always used to order from there. It was before. Now Frontline is a huge hip-hop clothing, like a huge mail order well, in Germany. Well, like, like, here's the thing. Do you remember how many distros there used to be back then? Uh, but, yeah. Uh, a lot more than now, but I mean, yeah. back in the day, really back in the day, the scene wasn't as big as it is now. No. So for back in the day, it was a lot, yeah, but as compared to now, but even then, back then, I don't know, every country had like three or four ones where people ordered from, I think, or maybe yeah. just one or two. And the frontline one, I saw the protest bank, they had that paper printed mail order catalog. I remember saying by the first seven inch, it said, I think, 58 songs or something. Yeah. And I was like, I just want to order this because I'm curious now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, well, so well, crazy. Pear from Protest Banks, he's got um, a Filthy Christians. You know, he's got a um, he's got a new band called Sex Dwarf. They're also <laughs> like they're also <laughs> like really great. I've got the t-shirt upstairs actually. But um, does it does it have a got, Sex Dwarf on it? It has like a it has kind of a like it has sort of a pentagram on the front, which is a bit unusual for that kind of band, but that's like, that's like Pear's sense of humor, you know what I mean? But, but um, let's, let's give people a little bit of a history lesson. What a lot of people might not realize is that nuclear blast when it first started was a hardcore punk disco. Oh, you know? hell yeah. Hardcore punk disco and released punk. grind records. Yeah. They had some amazing stuff. They did some yeah. Japanese hardcore as well as I can remember as well, which is super hard to fucking get back in the day. You know, I didn't order as much from them because yeah. they did a lot of stuff on the really extreme grindier side of things. Yeah. And there was only a couple of bands that I liked in that genre. So I didn't order much from nuclear blast, but they were super underground back yeah. in the days. And that, now they're, they're, now like they're the biggest, they're basically the new Roadrunner. Yeah. Let me, let me put it like this. There was no Man of War on the release schedule in those days. Let's just say <laughs> that. <you know? laughs> no Man of War, no Nightwish, that's for sure. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how how they've grown into what they are now, huh? Well, don't forget, Benediction was the first real release on Nuclear Blast. Oh, after, yeah, right. Because, because we all knew Marcus, you know what I mean, from the distro days. And, like, Marcus, he put out the defecation thing, which was Mitch and Mickey. And then the Benediction album kind of came after that. Those were some of the earliest, I say, proper, quote-unquote, nuclear blast releases, you know. Have you been in touch with Mark Steiger lately or not? Once, once in a while, 
every so yeah. not very much yeah but he, he he's a nice guy marcus you know no yeah. i like him i had a couple of years back i was managing a band called diablo boulevard from belgium it was more like metal rockish kind of thing yeah steiger really liked him he was really obsessed with him for a while and we went down to have talks with him and it was great it was just awesome it was just yeah. he's just like Rob, I really want to sign his band. Make sure that, yeah. you know, like, we really got to make sure they sign with us. Yeah, it's just yeah. fun, but he was a nice guy. But all those guys, also Trangert from Metal Blade, he started out in that scene too. Yeah, poor old Trangert. Yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember there was quite a funny story that Shane tells about, I think it was on a heresy tour, they stayed at Trangert's, and, like, <laughs> somebody, somebody put a steak in the fridge or something, like a beef steak. Yeah. I think Trangit just threw it out the window, you know, it's like, yeah. I'm fucking meeting my fridge and just threw it out the window, you know. Sounds know. like him. Yeah. And Trangit was the reason when we were born from pain, got courted by, by bigger labels. We had interest from Century Media back then, but they didn't really make an offer, but Nuclear Blast and Metal Blade made an offer. We went for talks, and when we talked to Trangit, it was just over. He understood exactly where we came from. I didn't know back then. He started, I was a tour with, with Heresy, Ripcord, this and this and that. And we were just on one wavelength. And I said to the rest, hey, this is the label. Slayer put their first album out on. Metallica released their first track. There's so many bands on here that I used to listen to. Plus this guy. What more do we want? <laughs> Fuck yeah. it. I mean, obviously you want to get the most out of your band and you want to reach the highest level you can get. You basically throw your whole life to the bank relationships ended uh, you never got a, a socially acceptable career not that i wanted that in the first place but you know what i mean it's always been a life where you you had to dedicate and sacrifice everything for the band so you want to go as far as possible but now looking back uh i'm just very proud that i've been on labels where sure. of bands that i got actually into this music with that to me is amazing i, I the only thing i would say is that you're, you're right what you say you raised a particular point there that um yeah, I mean, make the most of your band, but always do it, always do what you're happy with. If you're not happy yeah. with something, don't yeah. accept it because people will tell you, oh, you should, you should, you should do this, you should yeah. do that. Take advice, no question. But if something's you feel is not right or it's maybe unethical even, don't fucking do it because you've got to live yeah. with it, man. You know what I mean? Of you know, that's it. End off, you know. Yeah. There's that, lots of things, trust me, mate. I could, there's a million things that Napalm could potentially do that it's just a no-go for me, you know, because I just won't. I don't need to. Why should I, you know? Why should I sell myself down the river just for a few trinkets, uh, that, like metaphorically speaking, you know what I mean? With your Aston Villa connection to Prince William, you could probably pay Buckingham Palace for a good Yeah, good yeah, thing, I you could know? just see myself doing that, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Hey Rob, just give, me, just give me one second. I just got to cut out. I actually need a piss. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Go do just, it. Just one second. No problem. I'm going to piss in the kitchen sink. Oh, sorry about that, mate. Hey, Franzi. You back? Yeah, I'm back, mate. I had to go and get myself a beer. It's so fucking warm here. Yeah, mate. It's fucking boiling here today, you know. It's insane. Like, I think it's like 35 degrees out here now. Wait, give me one second. Go for it, man. I'm just texting. What were we talking about anyways? Um, oh, yeah. You were going to play Buckingham Palace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can just see myself doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see yourself do the speeches in between songs. I'm sure there'd be a really relaxed look on my face. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can't. I, well, if that ever happens, I'm rodeoing. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, why not, man? You can walk. <laughs> 
You can walk the corgis, man, you know. <laughs> and hang with the queen. I bet I got good pastries there, though. It's, you know, here's, here's a story about that, actually. As unbelievable as it might sound, and this is the fucking truth, right? So... So a, a, girl, a, girl, a girl I I was I used to be with, you know, for quite some years, actually, was a Chilean girl. And she actually, she was, she was, she was a, a lawyer, but she actually started working for the government in Chile, the, the yeah. old government. And um, basically, when it was 2013 or something like that, 14, um, Two of the royals, I think it might have been Harry and William or something like that, went to Chile, and she was looking after them basically while they were there. It was one of her like responsibilities, <coughs> and then she came over to the UK for like Christmas, New Year's, and we got some loose plans, kind of, you know. And then when we were in the car, like drive, we were driving to Scotland. That's right. Yeah, we were going to Inverness, Loch Ness, you know, to spend New Year's there. Don't tell yeah. me you got invited to Balmoral. No, here's so oh. let me finish the story. <laughs> so, so we're in the car and she gets a call on a mobile phone, you know, and she was really surprised. She was like, who's calling me, you know, when I'm here in uh, Rotsit, you know. So she picked up the phone and um, she said uh, she mu they must have known she was here. She must have had a conversation with somebody before she came. Mm. And uh, it was the one of the royal secretaries was and they were like oh are you doing anything you know she's like uh yeah i'm kind of going somewhere you know and and they were like um well you're invited to uh like a reception um um at the palace you know for like new year's you know and she was like oh i'm with somebody you know and they were like oh they can come as well you know and she was like um you're not going to guess what I've been invited to. And I was like, I am not fucking going there. You know, I was like, yeah. yeah. I would have just gone to just see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> you should have shown up in your, in your protest bank shirt. Huh? Yeah. 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 Or a crap crash shirt or something. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you would have sat at the table with the queen, huh? Yeah, I told her, I said, look, I, I mean, I don't think the Queen, but I think it would have been the younger royals, you know. And I was yeah. like, look, I was like, yeah, look, if you want to go, you go. You know what I mean? I'm not stopping you, but I, I can't. I can't, couldn't bring myself to go there, you know what I mean? So <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, I, I, honestly, that's not, for anybody that's listening, I swear that's the truth. You know, there's no, there's no bullshit in that, you know. Yeah, I was a little bit worried that you were going to say that was a better New Year's party. But yeah, uh, luckily yeah. that you you diverted that well. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so crazy. So hey, I told you before, I wanted to talk to you about. I don't know, maybe we already talked about it, but do you have any real passions? I know football. Well, Villa is a passion for you, right? Besides yeah. napalm. You know what? Here's the thing, Rob. I'm a very simple living person. You know, oh. I, I enjoy my life generally, so I don't really have like specifics as such. But I mean, there's a. I mean, I guess one thing to say would be, I'm I'm into like I'm into like physical activity, physical sports. So I know people might go, well, that's not really an interest. But to me, the the whole thing about keeping like sort of um, fit in the cardiovascular sense, you know, mm -hmm. it's really important to me, you know, because. Um, there was a time when I wasn't doing that stuff, you know, like 10, 10 years ago, something like that. 
and it was a lot more difficult you know doing the stage stuff that we do it really used to take it out of you but now i do it you know on a regular basis it's i don't know it's hard to explain but once you get the feeling of like the endorphins you know the thing and and you get the the really great feeling from that you just want it more you know it's almost like an addiction you know so so I, i really love it i mean cycling's my thing you know I, I didn't have a bike for years and years. I used to have one, and I got one again. I managed to get one, like, recently. It was the only thing, you know, I've had basically – I've spent anything on during the lockdown, and I, I didn't have anything – I didn't have any money to spend on anything else, you know. But So I bought the bike. Um, I got it earlier on in the lockdown, and, mate, it's been fucking hell. I can't tell you how much I love it in the mornings. I'm out, like, 6, 6.30 every morning. Like, That's great. Rain, sun wind you know on the coast because i live you know next to like the beach is like fucking two minute cycle ride out of my front door you know so you're in brighton now right i don't live in brighton it's too expensive for me brighton was but i live in a place called lansing which is just about seven eight miles up the road i'm from brighton so and it may i'll tell you what it's fucking fantastic i love it you know i can't get enough of it you know it just i really love it so i mean i know that might sound simplistic to some people they might not necessarily understand why something like that can be so special but once you get that feeling you know it's mate it 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 just i don't know i can't describe it you know you just want more of it you know what i mean so 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 really that you know but i guess the football thing is a big passion of you too right It, it is. It is definitely. Did you go watch Villa at Brighton this year? Uh, I didn't go because I, I I had something on. You know, I think I might have been up in Birmingham. Ironically enough, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you still going to the home games? Uh, yeah, I'll still go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a right old fucking trek up to Birmingham now from here in the traffic. You know, but yeah, I yeah. go sometimes. Yeah, I drive to home games too from here. It's it's an hour fifteen, which is. I guess in the grand scheme of things, not so much, but it is what it is. You love something, you do something for it. I am passionate about Villa and stuff, definitely. I mean, it's one of them things, it feels like um, it's part of me. And I, I hate to be melodramatic about football like that, you know, but it is, it's a part of me, you know. And um, I, I, I do, I love it. But, it. but I still remember a game is a game, you know what I mean? Mm. And I don't, all the fucking... All the stupidity that goes along with it, as we said at the start of this interview, not interested. You know what I mean? I, I'm just not. You know, the, the whole the, the whole idea of punching somebody who's got a, who, who supports a different team to me, I'm not fucking interested in that shit. You know what I mean, so, you know, I have shed a tear a few times. You know, on Villa, you know, things down the years, some particularly great moments. So I'm not afraid to admit that. Yeah, oh, we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> In my case, mostly not so great moments, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. What road, mate? You know they'll be back. You know, yeah. So at some point, probably not this season, but who knows? Yeah, no, but I mean, also the cycling. I don't know. That's not a, a weird thing to say. That's a passion of mine, or that's something super important to me. Exercise in itself, and especially doing that frequently, like I said, with the endorphins and just feeling good about yourself, feeling in yeah. shape. That's yeah. one of the best feelings in the world. We've all been at a point where we've been out of shape and then being in a band and being on tour is really hard, especially as a frontman. Yeah, you know, you, yeah. you have to put in that energy. And if you notice after four or five songs, okay, the, the tank's already empty. That's crazy. That's actually one of the reasons 
when I started singing in Born From Pain, was actually one of the reasons why I took up boxing and took up swimming, cycling and all that kind of stuff because I just know I had to get in shape. And I dropped out of it for a while, got back into it, yeah, and never looked back. And I think that would be one of my big passions too. Yeah. yeah. If you take that away, that would suck. So so the other the other thing to say about it is it's not it's not a vanity thing, you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, you know, I want to look better and all the rest of it. It's for myself. I want to feel better. You know, I feel better if I'm not carrying weight around like that. You mm-hmm. know, it's just feel a lot more it's it's not a vanity thing. It's not a society. For me, it's not a, how society going to judge me if I look like this. It's not because I wouldn't judge other people like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I feel better when I'm, I'm I'm active, when I can like really fucking run around and stuff. You know, I like the high that I get from it, and it's just that. You know what I mean? It's just it's just really that. You know, and you know, I'm sure we would both agree that the fitter you can stay, the the, the older you get the better your life chances are going to be, you know, of yeah. course, you, any, right. anybody, sorry, any, anybody can get a horrible disease, you know, without anybody can have some really bad luck with that. You know what I mean? But you stand better chances of prolonging your life. If you, if you are sort of fit enough to deal with any things that come along that your body can fight off, you know, to the best of mm-hmm. its ability, you know? Yeah, true. Yeah, that that's why I think you shouldn't be playing it down. It's like maybe people don't think that's a thing. I think that's a big thing, especially in these days. I'm not a specialist on this whole pandemic stuff and disease and whatever, but I just know the fitter you are and the more resilience your body has, yeah, the less of the chances that something bad is going to happen to you in these days. Sure. So that's why sure. I try to eat as healthy as I can and drink as healthy as I can, although I'm drinking a beer now. But yeah, but um, you know, ma- you moderate, moderate, moderate. I still drink, but there's nothing wrong with moderate drinking. You know, yeah. Like, I remember there was a time that you weren't drinking at all, right? Yeah, I didn't drink for 15 years. You know why? Because I had a fucking problem with it. You know what I mean? That's why I stopped. You know, mm-hmm. and then and then good for you. Th- then there is a common train of thought that you should never start again. Once you've managed to stop, after you do have a problem, you recognise you have a problem, or other people recognise that you have a problem. Mm-hmm. And I was, so I was really reluctant to do it, start again. But but I I was confident in myself that I could do it. And so I took the risk, you know, and it worked out all right. And you know what? Here's the thing, mate. I, I can drink two or three or four beers now, tops, and I'm fucking done. You know what I mean? I have the... <laughs> I have there is I cannot go past that you know it, it just does does doesn't work for me after that you know what I mean so. what, what do you mean you just can't drink it anymore or you're you're drunk yeah I just feel incapable of drinking anymore and I start to feel sick actually before I feel drunk I just don't feel right you know what I mean that's your body telling you that it's to yeah, stop I, and that's good yeah my body just won't take it you know it's just like it just won't accept it and and mate to be honest I will drink once on a Saturday with my friends and maybe like last night or the night before or the night before I had like three bottles you know what I mean mm-hmm. and that was it so that's that's that'll be all for this week next yeah. week and the week after I might not even drink at all especially mm-hmm. if I don't see my friends you know so I don't come anywhere near to the levels where doctors might say oh you know you need to cut down on your alcohol units you know what I mean I mm-hmm. you know I I'm completely fine with like moderating myself you know so good good for you because that can be a hard thing for people yeah 
It can. It can. No question. You know. No. So I have to be honest. When this whole Corona thing started, and all my jobs started to fall through, obviously you know from the get go once they closed everything down and they said in the same week, okay, no festivals and no big activities anymore until the beginning of September. I knew the summer was over. Touring was over for a while. So anything that comes in from that's gone. Anything that comes in from tour managing Madball is gone. Then a week after that, actually exactly a week after that, all my IT training stuff fell through. So I had a completely lost couple of months and I didn't know how long it's going to... I still don't know how long it's going to take yeah. for some things. And then you kind of adopted an attitude where it was like, oh, you know what, fuck it, let's just have a beer. Yeah. And, and I started drinking every night four or five beers and i was like this is dumb so i just stopped doing it but sometimes you know you just do stuff you know it's not good for you but sure i, I guess mean, it was kind of a reaction to it you know i don't know yeah sure i mean for me i i, I as soon as we went into lockdown i could see where it could potentially go you know for me if i started doing that but you know it actually yeah. turned, it actually turned me the other way i was good. like more regimented in my my meals you know i'm actually you know it might sound a little bit fucking boring and painful to some people but i, I i'm actually really regimented about my meals I, I i like i don't eat over a certain like weight you know and and i always a portion size is always a certain thing you know um and i know that might sound a bit too extreme to some people but it's part of the enjoyment for me i i you know i love food you know i cook healthy vegan oil-free uh diet you know with like no no shit you know no no mm -hmm. no like like bad stuff you know and mm -hmm. I, I actually enjoy it because again it's part of the process for me it's about feeling good within myself you know I'm, i know i'm eating stuff that's going to help me out you know i do i do um as well as like a before i go out on a bike ride i do like half a banana this is like six o'clock in the morning i'll do half a banana um like a, a, we call them oat cakes they're like like little biscuits made out of oats or crackers mm -hmm. you call them with yeah. like some like organic peanut butter on it just one thing mm -hmm. eat that and the banana and that's that's good good uh, energy build you know for when you go out onto the ride come back mm -hmm. i do a, a hemp just hemp protein um not even in not even in like like um nut milk i'll do it in um water you know like hemp protein in water yeah, i used to do that too mm. it's a little <laughs> trust me mate that very earthy it's rough to get down you know <laughs> i used to do exactly the same hemp protein in water but i was always like i don't give a shit as long as it's good for me i'll just swallow it down fuck it but i yeah. think it doesn't even taste that bad anymore they taste a bit earthy that's that's yeah. good you know? i don't yeah, have a problem yeah, with yeah, that yeah yeah, yeah. And then I'll come after, then I'll take a shower and then I'll actually have like a bowl of porridge, you know, uh, and like blueberries, like red grapes. And that's yeah. it. I don't need to eat anything then until like one, two o'clock in the afternoon, you know. And uh, I also make everything from scratch, you know. I don't eat fucking packet food, you know, apart yeah. from, apart from um, I'll buy like vegan burgers and stuff, you know, but I don't eat those. Guilty pleasure. Yeah, they're just guilty pleasure. I don't, I don't, I don't even eat that stuff. I, I, you know, I eat a lot of beans, chickpeas, kidney beans, you know, bolotti beans, um, all that stuff. You know, that, that's that's usually where I get the bulk of my protein from. You know, so. mm -hmm. yeah, very healthy. We try to do the same thing here. Obviously, same thing. Guilty pleasure. Sometimes you eat some of that fake meat stuff. 
some of it is actually pretty good tasting. It's not the best because obviously also to a certain level it's processed. Yeah. But and you you order the odd pizza now and then, but other than that, I think we're kind of on the same level. Oh, did you ever try intermittent fasting stuff like that? No, no, no. I don't do the fasting stuff. I'm I'm more into the 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 the, the regulated diet. So I eat at certain times every mm. day. Um, I, of course, I mix the meals up. I do. I do a lot, mainly like brown rice and whole wheat pasta. You know, that's mm-hmm. that, that's what I do, and I make all my own stuff from scratch. You know, yeah. and I make a, I make a couple of like interesting things, which I got actually fucking Jamie Oliver gave me the idea for for one of the things. So, it's the only dish I use oil in, which is like um, it's like a pesto, so it's pesto but made from peas. You know, frozen peas. Ah, okay. And. Um, and um, so it actually reminds me of Born from Panks. It's like I'm mashing up Carl's head, you know, inside. Uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of Carl heads in there. Yeah, yeah, and so, um, so yeah, you and basically you mash it up, and um, you uh, 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 like uh, also grind some pine nuts a little bit, and um, you know, to give you that pesto kind of style, and then um, you know, again, a little bit of vegan cheese on the top, you know, and. Jobs are good, you know. So you know things like that. Very simple that stuff, you know. Next mm-hmm. to the more complex things that you make, you know. So you're a bit of a chef now, huh? Not as such. I make again, you know, much the same as the way I live. I, I, I make very simple dishes. I make my own pasta sauces, you know. No, make, come on now. You just said you make complex food. Come on. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That's probably bullshit. You know. What I mean? <laughs> 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 Yeah, but, but yeah, but good, but good. I think cooking, okay, if um, you don't know how to cook, there's always a recipe and maybe it goes wrong the first time, second time, but then you get a certain hang of it. I think everybody can be cooking their own food and could be tasting good. It's just a matter of trying it. It's just too bad. A lot of people just eat so much processed stuff. I don't think people really realize that that's the root of a lot of health problems. Yeah. And what has really astonished me in this whole corona thing is that governments and organizations just keep going don't go out don't do this it's all like a health risk and it says that and it might be i'm not saying it yeah. ain't but where is the government and health organization saying okay guys try to eat as many vitamins as you can try to eat healthy yeah. eat this and this and this and this this will boost your immune system so you have way lesser of a chance of catching this disease and when you catch it your immune system is is geared up to actually fight it in the way it should and for sure i, I see that nowhere and that yeah. would be the easiest way of, I think, probably since there's no vaccine, there's no whatever you think of a vaccine is a whole different discussion. But there's no medicine, there's no vaccine. But that is something everybody can do and that everybody can do right now. It could do from the get go. But no one's advising anyone, at no. least not on government or organization no. level. And I'm like, this no. is weird. Yeah. I mean, actually, well, actually, I think. The conservative government over here, as as they made some announcements the other day about banning junk food, and they're actually as loath as I am to say good things about a conservative government. Um, <laughs> they at least um, they recognise that now, because of course Boris Johnson caught the coronavirus and supposedly was pretty fucking ill. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Like very quite seriously ill. You know, for a while. Um, but they've just done a thing the other day where they're like banning junk food ads after nine, um, before nine o'clock, nine p.m. So there's no high fat, so there won't be any like McDonald's ads on the on the television like before mm. nine p.m., which I would suggest is a 
is a good thing. You know, it's only a small step, but it's a small step. But don't you agree that educating people why they take these ads off TV and educating them a little bit better in that would be maybe a better step to take? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because just taking the ad off, people could say, you know, why are they taking a fucking ad off? I love McDonald's. That's their opinion. That's my opinion. I want to see the ad or I think it's bullshit. Sure. But if you actually explain people yeah. why you take yeah. that off and why it would not be a good idea, that's what I miss, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, it's, it's frustrating because I think um, I think the food industry wants to keep people addicted, you know, with 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 the with the formulation of their products. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I'm not one. I must be honest. I'm not one for like outlandish conspiracy theories that don't have a factual basis. If I'm honest, I'm just I don't I don't I don't I don't work that way. You know, but. Mm-hmm. But I think that there are, in the formulations in meals, I believe that there are components in there that are deliberately formulated to keep people hooked on the food. You know what I mean? On processed food. You know, I think McDonald's. I think that's a proven fact already, isn't it? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how far it's gone, but yeah. So. I think I saw a documentary on it where there's actually yeah. indeed in the additives they put in that there's stuff that keeps you wanting more of that product. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, totally, man. You know, totally. I mean, obviously, you know, sort of mentioning McDonald's is probably the worst thing I could fucking do. You know, but I have quite a few issues with McDonald's. You know, which are not even necessarily just just uh, restricted to the thing we've just been talking about. You know, their yeah. their record as a as a as a as a multinational company is pretty fucking horrendous. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's why they're multinational company. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. would you starved out after a van ride of eight hours, no food, you come across a German rush tatter with a McDonald's, would you get a vegan burger or no? Nope. No, I've never given a penny to McDonald's and I right. wouldn't, you know. Because like I say you know, there is an argument to be had that companies, any company that's bringing like vegan products out there, as much as it is a marketing fad, we, mm. we must also we must also at least recognise that cruelty free diets are are getting out there. You know, having said that, giving money to McDonald's is giving money to McDonald's. You know, and I I just <laughs> I don't do it. I would I wouldn't do it. You know, I've never never done it, and I won't. You know what I mean? So yeah, I get you. I don't want to do it because, I mean, obviously, I don't agree with the multinationals or with the McDonald's companies' policies and politics and the way they treat a lot of things in the world. But on the other hand, I have to admit, I'm not holier. I don't mean that the wrong way. I respect you for actually being that disciplined. But there's been times where I was like, oh, God, fuck, I'm so hungry. I need this right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah kill me. Well- <laughs> no, mate, no, you know, at the end of the day, everybody's, I'm not doing, you know, here's the thing, much like everything else, I'm not, I'm not doing it to go, oh, well, you know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I don't know how to put it really, but yeah, I, I'm, I've done it, you know, I've achieved, you know, what, like people, everybody should, it's, it's not like that, you know, there are very real reasons, it's like, I don't buy Nestle products, you know, because of like their behavior as a company, mm-hmm. and uh, also, of course, the, the 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 famous incident which was the Af- which was the milk um uh sales in in africa you know the the baby formula okay, you know in the, which was fucking disgraceful you know what i mean people are dying of starvation and so nestle decide to ramp up their fucking prices you know to sell to africa you know when they know 
they knew, you know, that the country's fucking needed it, you know, and that mm. to me is fucking despicable, you know what I mean? You know, it's just not. I mean, I, 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 I again, you know, I'm not trying to stand in like fucking, you know, I am, I am this, I am that. I'm not trying, I'm just trying to point out that, that for me, I make my decisions, you know, in what things I buy based upon those things, those criteria, you know, I, I just don't, I don't want to give money to, uh, companies that that do stuff like that you know not the, you don't have to you know there's lots of alternatives out there in this world you know that's not the first thing you see on the fucking shelf you know what i mean so it can be done it can be done it's really funny because there was there was one of these petitions going on about nestle online the other day it was just a petition you know but you know i'm not gonna they all everything counts you know they are a barometer of opinion you know and a lot of people can get together and sign them it's a good thing you know what i mean so there was because nestle have now pulled out of the fair trade initiative you know they 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 went for a few years where all their chocolate was had the fair trade mark now they've completely pulled out of it which means that the farmers you know that uh, with the cut in the cocoa production are going to lose again you know what i mean that that they they situated in very poor environments you know they rely on the things like the fair trade mark to at least get them a semblance of a fucking you know survival you know so nestle are pulling out of that now and of course they're making all the yeah our certification scheme's going to be no it isn't it's not you know what i mean that's why you pulled out of the fair trade initiative you know and so um just just looking i just curiously looking at this comments in the petition you know so one guy did a really good breakdown of look you don't have to buy nestle products you know here is all the things that you might want every day in your life you can go and buy this 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 and this you know and and it was all there you know so all i would say to people is go and do it you know what i mean you know again this judgment thing it's like please please help it boycott is a very powerful tool you know because when these companies are losing money that's when they start to change their fucking ways you know what i mean so that's definitely true it starts on a personal level but if a lot of people change it's what you were just bringing up with the vegan diet or cruelty-free diet who would have thought that 15 years ago mcdonald's burger king all these joints would be having vegan burgers or catering to people who eat vegan i mean if you're going to buy it that's a second thing but they don't need to put that on their menu if they don't think there's money to be made with it and there's yeah. only money to be made if there's enough people that actually are vegan and want to buy it so yeah. there is change going on there and over the years you know that also starts with like personal choices a personal diet where you don't buy certain products anymore out of principle so a change can be made somewhere yeah. it's just got to be enough people Yeah, I mean the the other thing, Rob, as well, just to touch on, is the is the clothing industry. You know, I mean, you know, the thing is, man, if you buy a t-shirt and it costs five euros, you know, mm. there's a good chance it's going to be dubious. You know, in terms of the manufacture, in the traceability, and generally, the shirt's just going to be it's going to be um, a product of somebody else's misery. You know what I mean? Yes. And I, this is, this is quite, this is quite a, an interesting um, topic because you maybe had this down the years where somebody's come to you at a gig, bearing in mind, mate, again, I'm not sort of sitting in judgment of other people, but Napalm sells shirts for 15 euros. Right. Mm -hmm. And they are, made by under fair wear standards i mean how many bands are selling like fucking t-shirts under fair wear standards you know for that price not, not many, a lot you know mm -hmm. so because we, we we strike the balance between 
um, the the manufacture of them and what we we still want to sell to people like a reasonable price you know what i mean so um and i i remember a few conversations i'm sure you've had the same thing where a kid will come up and go oh your fucking t-shirts you know i got i got one from this band and it was like like fucking eight euros you know when your shirts are like 15 euros and i'm like hang on a minute an eight euro shirt you know yeah 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 well what was the label what was the brand oh it was this brand and i was like you know what mate i know about that brand and the, the traceability on that thing is fucking non-existent, you know. So there is a good chance that the shirt that you're wearing that has got a very positive thing on the front of it was made by a fucking, could have been made by a kid, you know, in in in, in fucking um, uh, somewhere like, where's the big cotton producer? Uzbekistan, you know what I mean? It could be made from child labour, you know. So you need to fucking think about these things, you know. I think you're right. All these little things can help you. It's obviously a choice that you want to be willing to make, but you definitely got the point there. But, mate, I mean, above and beyond that, though, before personal choice, the, I, I would say this, that the, there shouldn't be a guilt trip put on two individuals, you know, to, but that, that shouldn't be because that's not going to help anybody. But these fucking companies, going back to the corporations and multinationals, these companies, there should be an international framework to say that you cannot produce goods in this way. You cannot allow working conditions to stand like this. You know, I mean, look at that fucking thing in 2016, which was the the big inspiration for the Apex Predator album was the was the um, the Raz, uh, Rana Plaza collapse in Bangladesh, the the, the yeah. textile factory mm-hmm. where yeah. all the big brands are. The, and you know what, mate? What happened to those fucking people? You know, and the things that were done after it, you could be argued, were did not fit. The size of the event it was it, the, the 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 general the general changes that were made were not on the level that was required. Why should it be in this world? People have to work under conditions that could either be could either um, kill them on the job, you know, because some places are so dangerous. Some fucking workplaces could could give them diseases because of toxic materials that are used, you know. Um, I could go on. The pay and conditions, they're, they're intimidated by fucking, like, local, uh, 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 almost mafia-run, like, sweatshops, you know what I mean? I mean, it, it's got to stop. It can't be... It, there's, there has... If the law system is worth anything, and you know it's worth fucking nothing at times, you know what I mean? But if international law is worth something, they have to do something about that, you know, because clothing and stuff like that is an everyday requirement for us all. So if it's that important, the protection of people should be important for those that are engaged in making this stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, agreed. We could go into that rabbit hole Yeah. for hours. If the world is willing to change that, we probably wouldn't have wars anymore either. It's all greed. It's greed by some people that just get greedier, and it's a small amount of people. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's a theory or anything. It's traceable. So, yeah. But I guess these people have so much power and so much money to maybe buy off people or do whatever the fuck they want in certain countries. It's just insane. But well, it shouldn't, I mean, it shouldn't know, be happening, obviously. Well, as we've mentioned Doom in this conversation, Doom had the, had the song, you know, war is big business, you know, and that, that's what yeah. it is. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, mate, you know, here's the thing. I mean, I don't, again, you know, I can't go on for too much longer, but here's the thing. So... It, it does make me laugh sometimes when a lot of governments around the world are will really complain about the lack of human rights in, in, in other places, you know. 
whereas they're selling instruments that can be used if by other governments if they so wish to attack people within their own countries you know that like uh, citizens of the countries you know that yeah. they live. so so therefore do, do people not realize that that is one of the biggest hypocrisies you can you can you can bring up you know what i mean and i just think that you know i am very much for if i if if it could be if it could be done you know the willingness was there i would completely outlaw any manufacture of any weapons at all on any level whether it be guns you know whether it be uh, rockets you know whether it be um, nuclear deterrence anything get rid of the fucking lot you know what i mean under under some kind of international framework you know and make it understood that weapons will not stand you know human beings should not have a, the implementation the tools to fucking dispose of another human being anymore you know what I mean? as good as it sounds i think we're far away from that but yeah we are unfortunately yeah. you can see the you can see the hypocrisy though you know of, of course yeah 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 I mean, if it comes to governments and multinational corporations, we could add about 110,000 things to that list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately. What can I say? I just hope that certain things, certain events sometimes, certain people uh, can get people to start thinking more and the whole conscious of the world and the way the world thinks and the world population thinks, maybe step by step, even if it's just millimeters, is upgraded a little bit. People well, get maybe a little smarter, a little bit more compassionate, a little bit more looking out for each other, understand things a little bit better. And so all these little steps added up, we won't be living to see it probably, but yeah. hopefully all these little steps adding up will lead to a, a better world, a better, you know, better mass conscious. Well, I mean, the next thing on from that, of course, is the, is the, um, given everything that we've spoken about is the I, you what could be seen as a legitimate idea to basically um the governmental systems as they stand across the world just have them collapse in on themselves and start again you know what i mean yeah. start again with more localized representative citizens councils you know what i mean mm -hmm. and actually give people proper representation to, to, to where you know propaganda isn't whipped up against you know the scapegoating is hopefully eradicated because then if there's proper representation people don't people see what's actually going on as opposed to what they're being told and who to blame you know what i mean so then they hopefully mm -hmm. don't scapegoat whole sections of other people you know what i mean mm -hmm. that's i think that's a part of it you know it's a very legitimate thing i think to 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 want that you know mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Barney. Yeah. It's been two hours. Yeah, I know. I think we might end this for now. Yeah, yeah. Might be a good <laughs> idea. Yeah. Because I'm kind of melting away here too. It was very good and interesting to talk to you again. Yeah, definitely. We don't speak often enough. No. We should change that. Maybe I should come over for a visit this time. Yeah, mate, you can come over. I mean, you know, like I say, the beach is I'll just bring my bike. Fun. Yeah, definitely, mate. Let's go riding. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> awesome. You can wear yeah, my helmet because it fucking stinks. You know what I mean? It stinks so. Much. Listen, I'm Dutch. I basically was born on a bike. We yeah, don't yeah, wear no, we don't wear helmets. No, helmets? Mate, what no, are you, I, a five-year-old kid? No, mate. I, I, honestly, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't ride without a helmet, man. Like if you fucking wipe out on a bike, 
it doesn't even have to be that fucking severe. You know, you can really fuck yourself up. Uh, I actually wiped out on the bike also during Corona. I got stuck in the city in one of those streetcar tracks. Yeah. <laughs> was not no, good. Let me tell you that so much. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. We got a biking date somewhere this year or beginning of next year. Yeah, definitely, mate. Definitely. Yeah, somewhere yeah. soon. Yeah. All right, awesome. Good talking to you. All right, mate. So, yeah, let all me right. know, man, when it's all up and wherever, however you put it up, you know what I mean? So, I will, for sure. Yeah. Okay, right. mate. It's been a hey, pleasure. Been a pleasure, too. Yeah. So, all right, mate. Bye-bye. <laughs>